And I knew that May was May Haldeman, but I was not allowed to say that. And no. May was Elon's mother. May is Elon's mother. And I was introduced to her as Light. And she was at my birth. And my mother on her deathbed was putting some of this together because my mother, her whole life, so my mom was a hustler, you know, like J-Lo in the Hustle movie. My mom was a hustler who climbed that evil rank, but her whole life, she wasn't down with plotting the end of the world. <laughs> she was she was bad, but she that's where she drew the line. She said, uh, May Musk was at my birth three... Um, very soon thereafter at the Kaiser Hospital in San Francisco and May Musk named me Rosemary. My mother on her deathbed realized so that my May father, Musk named you. May Musk named me Rose Philip, Queen Elizabeth. Please. Yeah. Please, the story, I'm a grown-up now and I'm not buying it. And my brain is integrating and praise the Lord and I'm healing and I'm yeah, things are integrating. And now the memories, you know, I remember this story doesn't line up with so, that. So let, let me just explain that to the audience. When many children growing up in the system, and most of our audience is keen to this, but there's new, some new people to the channel. When you grow up in this beast system, as, as she calls it, uh, or the brotherhood is the proper name, a lot of your memories, your your brain is actually fractionized. They they compartmentalize your brain. It, it's a MK Ultra is what a lot of people refer to it. But there's actually more distinctive programming depending on the giftings of the child and and the different things. So what what happens to survivors who come out of this is after about 20 years of being free from it, your mind starts putting together the Okay. I want to, I want to go back. So you're, you're growing up, your mother's a madam, uh, you've met these people, you know about May now in retrospect, but what was it like growing up at that time? What sort of things did you see? And bring me through a little bit of progression in your age as you go on. Okay. Okay. So I was approximately 13 years old. I was born in 1965. I was born in San Francisco, California, USA. I was approximately 13 years old, maybe 12, but I think 13. Hooker's Ball, San Francisco, California. For those of you that don't know what that is, it is what it sounds like. It is an illegal, elite, giant. It's 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 a hooker's ball. Um I remember that Jerry Brown was supposed to be there. Like an entourage went by. I former governor of California. Former governor. Now I didn't see him, but I remember being like, "Oh yeah, that's Jerry." You know. Well, like, we know the elites go to these things, so this would be Linda a ball where they've got all the women mm -hmm. there, and the elites come in and have their way, and probably do very perverted things. Right, and that this particular one was in the Civic Auditorium Center. There's many others held, and they got the really Civic Auditorium. The Civic Auditorium, and it was a three-level thing. And there was Meatloaf was playing. Meatloaf's a band. Let me sleep on it, baby. Yeah. Remember him? So Meatloaf was playing on one level. Um, you know, whatever. They were just so you're there as a kid watching essentially this big orgy. Yeah, it was a big orgy. It really was, and um. My mom, as bad as she was, didn't like to do cocaine in front of me. So she would ditch me and I would just, you know, roam around with whoever they assigned me to be with. I was excited to be there. 
I was happy to be there. I was so happy to be off on a family event with my mother because I was sick and a kid and messed up and I didn't have the right guidelines. I mean, I knew in my heart sometimes I wanted to be a good person, but sometimes I wanted to arise to the occasion and please those people around me, you know? So, but no, I always had something in my heart that told me it wasn't right. Now, you, you had said, I believe in one of your videos, that you know you were kind of like a servant in the system. You, you explain that to me a little bit. How Thank were you, you a for, servant? Okay, so um, let me give a little bit of ground. So there was a movie that Brooke Shields was in. I think she was 11. She's a little girl called Pretty Baby. And she was a child growing up in a whorehouse. Well, I was kind of not exactly because my mother kept lots of houses and, you know, our home base was our home base. So, but there was a child growing up in a whorehouse and they auctioned her off in Louisiana. And I remember my mother saw that movie and her friends and her were doing coke one night. It's like, that's a great idea. The girls are getting big enough. You ought to do, you know, and that was like, okay. And she was high as a kite and somebody was pushing her into it. Now, see, my mother... This is the part I don't understand. Okay, so I was supposed to be auctioned off at the hooker's ball. I was scared because one of the girls that worked for my mom, Eleanor, I have a gorgeous picture of her riding white horses in front of the pyramids saying, come, come, Mary, we'll find you a sheik. I was like, I was a little girl. I was like, no, I'm scared. I don't want to go. But um, I remember somebody saying I could get chopped up. Somebody said, no, Claire, don't, you know, you they might go to somebody and you know, those Muslim guys, they're really rough with girls. The Zodiac killer was out. He was chopping up girls. So and so let me let me just understand this for a second. So you're 13 years old. You're at this wonderful party, which you were looking forward to, but you were actually going to be auctioned off there. It's all the elites there. Uh, and this isn't that uncommon. And, you know, I'm not going to make any presumptions, but Considering the lifestyle your mom is leading, she probably didn't need a, a teenage, young teenager around um, to take care of. So auctioning off and getting the money, being someone who is pursuant of money, obviously having multiple houses, as you mentioned, uh, really being a go-getter. So the, as a kid, being sold off, and you're not being sold off at a young age, you're at an aware age. Mm -hmm. What what so did you know before you went to the ball that you were going to be sold off or did you find out when you got there? It fizzled out and then it didn't happen. Okay. So I think my mother was being handled. And I can't remember who it was, but Thomas Richardson was in our lives and he was I guess the handler. Um Is that a name anyone should know? I said, Tom, Tom was the recruiter, I believe, for the CIA, for the hookers. I knew when I was a little girl hearing talk that um, Tom's parents were Nazis smuggled out of Germany. I knew that he and everybody made fun of him like he just fell. He fell ass backwards into what he was doing. I think his parents were brought over here in Operation Paperclip. Okay. Tom, Tom, like I was but, but not a not a famous name. Okay, so let, let's okay, just continue the story from where you were. Now, as a as a child, uh, I want to get to the to the Elon stuff. Okay, because you had that's the first video I saw of you, 
and you have known him as a child. And he, well, why don't you tell about that one particular experience that you made the uh, documentary uh, on on your site about? All right, but let me just close something. Sure. It was supposed to be auctioned at the Hooker's Ball, and then all of a sudden it didn't happen, and I just went to the party, and the next thing I know, I'm um, there's an arrangement and a meeting, and May comes and talks to me at a table with some other very important people. Now, it was arranged. I go be with her, but yet she asked my permission. So she was made out to be my hero because all of a sudden, now I'm not getting auctioned off to a creepy guy going to cut me up. Now I'm going to a nice white lady with a cute house. Get it? Now, you know what I mean? I felt so you actually went to her house then? Yes. Okay. But I didn't live with her. I didn't live with her. They she was a house. neighbor? It's weird. They said everything was staged because I look back now and go, that doesn't make any sense. So my aunt, one of my real blood aunties, lost her butt in Europe. They went and blew all their money in Europe for a couple years and came back broke. Everybody was mad at them because they blew a lot of money. And all of a sudden she's friends with Mae Musk and gets a new house, a cute little house right across the street. Well, May didn't live there yet to me. The thing is, is that they owned that. They built that street in 1940. Of course, they. this was all planned before I was born. So I looked at some of the the records, the city records. Okay, I'm a, I get sent over to my aunties, a meeting with Mae Musk. Somebody says, will you watch our kids? Well, will you watch my friend's kid while we go, while we go on a prison visit? And I go, oh, your kids? Because there was this lady, Amelda. I go, oh, your kids? Because I thought I was going to watch everybody's kids together, a big pile, because sometimes people dumped all the children on me at one time, and that's how I ended up being a nanny. I play guitar and love them. So she said, no, her, this kid's special. He's coming from Africa. I thought he was going to be a little black retarded kid. Excuse me, but I was like, okay, a special little kid from Africa. Well, and this is in that, in that time, those are, you know, yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's the language. We were so politically incorrect. Uh, look, uh, looks. I I grew up in Compton in the early seventies, <laughs> so I can so, relate. So they ask me if I will, and then May comes, and it was a big deal. <sighs> Living with a coked out mother, my hygiene wasn't great, and I had hookers hand me downs. Okay, even though we were rich as could be, I you know what I mean. I was not cared for. I was hungry. You know, um, you know, it may be in the Playboy Mansion, but there wasn't a door on the bathroom. So, you know, who wants to go in there and take a shower? You know what I mean? I So all of a sudden I was in a cute little place and my aunt cleaned me up and got me some pretty clothes that weren't hooker hand-me-downs. You know, Fredericks of Hollywood. Now it's normal, but it wasn't normal then to look like that. And I um, and May met with me at the table. See, she said, and, and that's the first time I met Elon. And I'd like to tell you something that happened that day. I've never told in, told anybody, okay? The first time I met Elon. So May and I, we met at the table. And she asked my permission, which I always think is part of them getting me in bondage. Because I agreed. Even though I was a child, even though I was procured, I agreed. 
They and always have to Do they? She always did. And nobody in my life ever did. So that's different. I remember that. Coming to him. So the first time I met him, and then they sent me off to hang out with him. And he, he was in my aunt's house. So my aunt loses her butt. All of a sudden, she gets this cute little house on Penny Lane. And, you know, Napa's pretty prestigious little place. And then I go off with the little boy and the women. And I call them. I can't tell you what I call them. Actually, there's a cuss word in it. But I go off with the little boy. And we're playing. And he's skipping around like little guys do. He was tiny as a two-year-old. Tiny. He's skipping around doing little skips like when a deer's born. You know, little kids skip and do little things. And he came over to the window and he was looking at something out the window and the sun was coming in the window. And I got down on my hands and knees and he was trying to say something to me. I was like, what do you see, honey? What do you, you know, I thought it was a bug or in the window or something, a bug or he's pointing. And I got right down there with him. His eyes were black. His eyes were black, black. And I was like, that's not normal. Like for a minute, they turned black. And I remember that fear in your soul and bones. So I remember that. And I've never told anybody that happened. Wow. And it's funny. We've been seeing, you know, the acting pedotis with black eyes and stuff like that. Like the pupils looking black. This People right. are starting to catch on to these things. The eyes are the windows to the soul. And they weren't always black, but they were black when they should have not been black. The sun was coming in the window. Mm-hmm. And my first clue. So now I did, you know, I asked Jesus in my heart when I was five years old once, a babysitter led me in a little prayer. But, you know, but I didn't even know the word blasphemy, but I could feel something going on sometimes with them. Like I was already afraid. My aunt told me, don't piss them off. Please them. Do anything they say. You just said something really interesting, which brings a whole new light. And I use that word advisedly uh, to this story. You said you said these little prayers and they might not have meant much to you at that time. But you actually said prayers to God beforehand. So it sounds to me like his hand of protection has been on you. Although you were exposed to a lot of stuff. Look, you didn't get auctioned off. You didn't get that, you know. Um, you yeah. started to get better clothes, like, you know, and things yeah. started happening. And, and so, okay, yeah. let's go back to where you were. I just wanted to make that comment that I. it sounds like the hand of protection was upon you. It was. God was, huh? He always had me. And, you know, if I would have known, it was going to be okay. I mean, he told us it was going to be okay. He told us, fear not. Like, Tiffany told me 365 times or something. Why didn't I believe him? Um, because I was so afraid my whole life and now telling the truth, excuse me, but I have a little less fear. No, I feel better than I've ever felt on that fear level. It's almost gone when I should be panicking, like worried about a drone hit me in the brain. Any minute, Jesus, the faith and the fear level have flipped. So she asked me, now this is a trip too, the permission thing. So then May, who called herself Light, and I n- I've never called her May to her face. Never. Just I never light. called her Light. Only Light. And, and um, like, I wouldn't live to see the next day if I ever did that. Like, do not, under penalty, do not ever say her real name. And I wasn't supposed to know her real name because she was in the Helter Skelter book. 
um, my aunt had a copy and there were plenty of copies at thrift stores for 10, 20 years. And now they're not there. So she was actually mentioned. She was the maid in uh, Charles Manson's book. Yes, but you can't find that book. It's been reprint. There's reprints that say first edition, but they're not the one I saw for the first 10 years. Okay. So there's reprints. And they don't say second edition, they say first edition, but there, there's a picture of May missing. So, um, okay, I was baby. So she asked me if I would babysit. And we just called it babysitting. And this was all done under, you know, the language has changed. Like I look back now, they use the word slaves. They use the word, don't. <laughs> they use the word slaves. But for this, the language must be babysitting. I am the babysitter, so I never use that language on myself. Okay. Um, she asked me if I would babysit while she went to see Charlie, Charlie Manson. I always thought that was strange that she would tell me that right out. You know, why would she tell me who she was going to see? We all knew who Charlie Manson was. Um, I always thought that was weird that she disclosed that. You know what? But that was part of sabotaging me because if I ever shared what I was doing, people cut me off right now and went, oh, you're a Manson. Oh, and they got the heck away from me because, you know, because there's something wrong sometimes. I get it. I'm socially awkward. But once I said Manson, I was cut off. Church people disrespect me. You know, if like if I shared I was trying to leave that, nobody that they just kept it at Hooker's daughter and a Manston. Like so the social safety network that's supposed to exist was never there for you. No, no, it was there for them to do and, what and they when, wanted. And just to just to be clear, when when you were asked to babysit, it was because you were essentially a slave. Yes, thank you. Yes, and those are the words everybody else used, but not me. And so, but I wanted share those words that they have no, that, that's very important because you were a slave to the system at this point yes so i was at my aunt's and happy to be there again may musk is my hero and i'm watching this little boy and, he, and i'm told things like he's the chosen one whatever that means and so i was babysitting him and may was going to i think this I don't know. I watched him a few different times. She didn't do like a bunch of things at once. She'd do one thing at a time. She would go take van loads of televisions to the prisons. Oh no, the battery is low. See, she would take van loads of televisions to the prisons. And I said, why is she doing that? And they said, she's creating prisoner armies, which is not something I could ever fit in a sentence in my life. And I said, why is she doing that? And they said, she's buying future chaos, creating prisoner armies. And um, huh. that seems to be playing out right now. Right. And, and, and the lady California. that's, yeah. And the lady that's telling me all this, she is the grandmother of the Santeria. And now, and, and she's the mother of the prisoner armies. And so now we're what, three, four generations, we're a few generations into those prisoners. They're having babies on the system. They're having, they're, you know, they got the prisoner, the shot callers in the prison. They go out, they run the drugs. So I saw 
a Rogan show where he talked about the Charlie Manson CIA connection. And now I really, there's documentation. So this is panning so out. Let's go back to that time when you're babysitting him and tell me what happened there. Okay. I got to get a battery. Um, I was babysitting him and I may have a lot of ancient artifacts and stuff. He didn't have any normal toys. And um, he had, he got into his mother's trunk. I, I, I always called it her African trunk because she's from, she told me she's from Africa. And there was these little rock statues in there, you know, like little, you know, action figures. And he would set them up in a certain way, like a little stone hinge on his bed. And his room was dark. It's always dark in there. And um, his, even though his room faced the street, it was like blackout curtain on that side. Um, like, so he couldn't see out and I was the house almost across the street and, um, he set him up in a certain way. And you know, when a little kid's sneaking and you still see that they're sneaking and they're trying to be sneaky and you think it's cute. You know what I mean? They're trying yeah. to hide something, but you know, they do <laughs> cookie. he's kind of being like that happy, but it was wicked. And he said, call me moon. He said, moon, come play with my friends. He's all excited. And I knew something weird was going on in there. And there was wind and energy. And um, I like peeked in the door. <laughs> I was scared, man. I peeked in the door and something was wrong in there. And it was like, there was something happening. I, I don't know the language to describe it, but like- And how old do you think, how old would he be at this point in time? By the record, he would be seven or eight. But he was seven tiny. or eight. Two-year-old, like a baby that just learned how to walk. Like, so later I would wonder and doubt myself, is he one of his grandfather's lab experiments? You know, because I go, is he, is he human? I asked my aunt, she's like, I don't know. Those Illuminati. Um, okay, he opened up something, a portal, a Stargate, whatever, but he was excited and he was jumping up and down. And so he was able to open up a Stargate in his room. Whatever you want to call it. It was a different yeah, a portal. Well, portal would be the actual name. And I've been so embarrassed to say it out loud that everybody would laugh at me or lock me up. Um, you know, I only told my aunt. So tell me what happened. You, nothing. Something's not right. Something scary in that room. Describe what you see and what happens. I went to the edge of the doorway and I peeked in there and I was afraid just to peek. And there was something happening in there, like a sci-fi movie. And there was something, he set him up like a little Stonehenge on his bed. And he was tiny, like I told you, so tiny. And he was jumping up and down and he was saying, Moon, come play with my friends. Okay. That right there says he knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't like he accidentally opened a portal and didn't know what he had friends. So um, I peeked in there and I was so scared. I'm embarrassed to tell this. It's so ridiculously weird. And he was being lifted and he was starting to go. He was being lifted and like I've, he was being lifted and it's being sucked in. I know this sounds ridiculous, but my aunt told me don't let nothing happen to that effing little kid. 
And normally I would never let anything happen to a child that was watching. I would run between them in a pit bull. And I said, the way she said it, I said, why? And she goes, he's going to rule the world someday. And I'm like, what? Him? What do you mean? Why? And she said, don't you know nothing? They're the Illuminati. She would always do that to me. But she'd say, don't let nothing happen to him. He's going to rule the world someday. And I was like, that kid? You know, so I grabbed his little arm and I got sucked in. I got sucked into, it's like we went up and then we went down. And it was dark in there, but it was glowing. And I can only tell you that when um, I remember my peripheral vision because I was afraid to look at it. Because when you're a little kid and you look at the cartoons and there's a bad boogeyman in the Scooby-Doo and you see its glowing eyes, it's like, don't look at his eyes. He'll get you. And I remember that whole, oh, if you don't look at their eyes, they can't get you. <laughs> and I like, I was being sucked in and sucked down and I had his little arm. And it was weird because like there was no bottom. And there were these creatures in there and they were giant and they were semi shaped like humans. They were glorious. They weren't like Smeagles or any creepy little demon dudes. They were like beautiful, ancient creatures that moved in a different time. And they were giant and like they had a different head, like there was a bird head and like a cat head and a dog, jackal head. And I, I would compare them because I'm not super educated to like Egyptian type of things. Uh, to the types of things may have, may had, you know, little artifacts of. I'm not from that region. But it's well, this also describes angels and devils in the book of Revelation. You know, with multiple heads, different animals pointing different ways, you know. Yeah, the, the angels the have many faces. Look at the guards of the gates of, uh, of the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah. Even alone, like, that's what sounds like what you're describing. And they, were, they were beautiful, but terrifying. Um, they weren't on my side. I'm on Team Jesus. <laughs> and um, But I was told not to say that name over there. And, um, well, by of course my not, because they would flee. My aunt told me never say that name over there. They don't want to hear Jack Black about your Jesus. And and I said, because I remember when I got saved, I wanted to go save everybody. And she's like, don't you say that name over there. She so, said, okay, well, let's finish this story. And then I want to go to your conversion and how you got saved. Okay. So we're float, we're, we're coming down in there. One of them grabbed me by the throat. And I closed my eyes and I had him. And I was tiny, like a little uh, rag doll compared to it. And it was holding me up like that. And I cried out. I felt like I couldn't talk. And I cried out, Jesus, save me. And it stopped. And we, whoosh, we flew back. And we flew out of there. And I still had him. I had his little arm. <laughs> and we flew back. And we rolled. And we rolled out of his room and out of the hallway. And in the living room, and I like if you've ever fallen off a, a merry-go-round and you woo and you like stop yourself, you know. And I stopped and we like grabbed the ground. And I was like, I just felt dizzy. And I looked up at him and he looked up at me, and we're like on the ground, like we're looking at a bug. And he looked up at me and he goes, Moon, why are you not like my friends? And I was looking at him, 
like, what the hell do I say? Excuse me. I was like, that's probably appropriate considering what you saw. My friends, and I said, well, it's it's scary in your room, Elon. It's dark. Well, they started calling him Elon later. They switched his name. Um, and I remember the difference. So he tried to feed me to his friends and he knew exactly what he was doing because he called me to come play with his friends. Those things and that. And I'm going to. I said Revelation 10, but I think it's Revelation 9. But I think maybe he's the demon from the Apollo from Revelation 10. I think maybe he's a maybe he's a clone. Well, he's not we, a clone. we don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. Uh, but the, eventually things will be made clear on that. Yes. Um, I don't want to be rallying accusations. There's, there's no doubt that wrong. he has an important part to play in what is happening in history right now. Um, I personally think he's just more on the technology side to be honest. Okay. Uh, that's just my thought. I don't know. I don't know and I want to be clear. I don't know. But right. I, know I don't he want to is just very, accusations either. Very brilliant on the technology side and you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be the inventor of the mark. Right? That's another thing. Can I share that? I was told about him. Sure. Okay, after he did that opening the portal thing um, I didn't tell what he did. And then I asked one of my other, this the, the, the head mother of the Santeria, the head mother of the Santeria. And I think she's the head mother of those people that are Southern borders creating. She's, they're calling them in. Okay. They, they paid for this a long time ago, but I said, is he the antichrist? And she didn't blink. She said, no, but he will present the mark. And when you see him do that, the stage will be set. She said that? She said that. The stage will be set for the Antichrist to step forward. So August 28th, 2020, Elon Musk presented the Neuralink. Mm -hmm. Now, is the mark of the beast, the image of the beast to be worshipped? Are they the same thing? And if that was true, would that make him the false prophet? And I always, and, and if that was true, wouldn't that be a trick of the devil to give us a false prophet who's an atheist, rock star, supermodel, girlfriends drive sports cars and tunnels around, rocket ships? Boy, that's there's, one tricky false prophet. There's lots of theories, and people, because of his stature in uh, in the world, people are going to be thinking a lot of different things about him. Uh, the, but the fact is, is we don't know at this point. God has not revealed anything conclusively to us. I mean, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. You know, you know all those stories where there's the guy with the pentagram and the holy water, and he's like, yeah, you sure you can control the demon? <laughs> Didn't work out. 